Well, check it out, y'all. We got what you need. We're all living in apartments, condos, vans. Well, dude, even you can have a studio. A studio in a box. Yes, we can help you with that right here at Blind Knowledge. We work on your budget, and we figure out your measurements. We'll get you the best sound for the best price. Let me know, 877-237-1143 or at blindknowledge.com. Yep. We have so much cop news. It's like, I sometimes I try to get stories and I put them into a theme and I, I try to put thematically related stories together. This and cop stories come up every week. Cops are always either arresting people or getting into trouble. Either way, it's exciting and interesting. But this week was just overwhelmingly cop news. So I was like, do I do cop news first or second? So I'm going to go with cop news and then random news at the end. I don't know why I enjoyed this so much. A, Shiz- a cop from Shizuoka. Shizuoka is up here in Japan. <laughs> For those of you listening to the actual audio podcast, I just put my hand up in the air and waved it around. So uh, you actually didn't miss anything by not having the visual. A Shizuoka cop was arrested for kicking a Tokyo cop in the face. And I'm always interested in when cops get arrested because they have to get arrested by other cops. That's a big thing. But then kind of... I always have this expectation that cops know how to not get arrested. Literally one of the reasons I would join law enforcement is to improve my criminal skills. So if I was going to be a criminal, the first thing I would do is become a cop and learn the ins and outs of copness and then start committing crimes using my intelligence to use the system against the system. This is, this is a, a smart way to do crime. Uh, Ninja News Japan has once again quickly descended (laughs) into advice for criminals and how to be a better criminal. You can see what I would like is to be the best criminal ever, but I I understand. Okay. I saw a thing. It was in America, so I don't know if this is true or everywhere. They have standards for police officers. And one of the standards was there was actually an upper level of intelligence. So you take an IQ test, and if you score too high, you can't be a cop. That was a news story somewhere. The reasoning behind that was interesting, because what they're saying is if you're too smart and you become a cop, what will happen is you'll get bored or you'll do what I think about and be like, oh, I could manipulate the system and commit crimes effectively and not get caught. And very muchly, very muchly, oh, fuck, Trump has infected the way I speak. Very muchly abuse the system and outwit the cops who are chasing you because A, you know them. B, you understand how they work. You understand the rules they work within. C, most importantly, you're smarter than them because you scored higher on the IQ test. I don't know how true or real that is. It was an interesting, it was a news story from ages ago. It may have just been in this one town, but it informs my belief of the intelligence level of police officers overall, which is not true because actually a bunch of cops I know are really smart guys. So I guess my real world experience and the internet information I've received don't line up. I should correct my real world view. That being said, hmm. So anyways, a Shizuoka cop is in Tokyo drinking 
he calls the Shizuoka cops for backup. Something's gone wrong, so he calls for backup. Cops from Tokyo, Tokyo Metro, show up, and they start to help him. They respond to this call from one of their brethren for help. There are no details given about what transpired, but then the Tokyo cops end up fighting with the Shizuoka cop who ends up kicking them in the face. Now, kicking them in the face is broad. This was, to me, one of the more specific things I want to do. What kind of kick was it? Was he down? Was he standing up? Did he do like a flying spin kick? Was it a backwards bicycle kick? Uh, was it like some cool Taekwondo stuff? I don't know because they didn't tell us. We When they say no details, we need details. We need details of the kick. The action scene needs to be built in my head. Um, this Shizuoka police officer was arrested for obstructing official duties. Now, you might say that, hey, obstruction of business and obstructing prof- uh, official duties are not the same thing. Actually, it falls under the same law. So I'm counting obstruction of official duties as a count- as an addition to our counter for obstruction of business because it is the same law, same rule. And official duties and your business, your business being your official duties, as far as I'm concerned, is the same thing. So the counter did go up just one just then. A cop stops a guy. Two cops are on bicycles and they stop a guy at 1 a.m. and they're like, we're going to question him. And he flees on his bicycle. So it's a bicycle chase. You don't get bicycle chases anymore. Um, bicycle chase only lasts for 200 meters, which... I mean, I remember doing the 100-meter dash as a kid, and it was basically the driveway up to my school was 100 meters. So I know 200 meters is not that far. So they probably went like, what, two, three blocks maybe? So this criminal wasn't dedicated to the chase. And the cops were relentless. They're bearing down on him and their bicycles. So that after 200 meters, he's like, you know what? I'm going to stand and fight. I'm going to be the man I know I can be. I'm going to fight off two cops at once. It's going to be awesome. He pulls out a wooden sword and starts swinging it at the police officers while at the same time trying to grab their gun out of their holster so that I assume he can either hold them or use their gun against themselves. The other cop, the the problem here is taking on two people at the same time and they have guns and you have a stick. Because the wooden sword, wooden sword sounds more impressive than big stick, but what it is is just a big stick. They have practice training swords, swords, they're just pieces of wood. They're used for basically practice flicking things or hitting things. Uh, they don't have a sharp edge or anything. It is a, if it's the one I'm thinking of, it's a solid piece of wood. There's a, a kendo stick that is four pieces of bamboo kind of put together. And it makes, you hit stuff and it makes a really loud sound. That's the ones they practice with and they're really cool. Uh, but they don't technically hurt. I mean, if you get hit with anything, like if you get a meter stick and put four together, you'd basically have one of these kendo things. They don't, Okay, yeah, they sting if they hit your skin, but they're not going to like damage you. They're not going to hurt you. The solid piece of cedar, let's say, is going to hurt. It's not a baseball bat size, but it's a baseball bat kind of action is going to hurt. So I think that's probably what they have when they say wooden sword. The cop shoots three warning shots at the man's feet and hits him in the leg. So we don't actually know if he meant to shoot him. I bet he sort of did. Uh, they, they gave a warning, a verbal warming. They gave a, a verbal warming. They were like, Hey buddy, let's just hug it out. Now they gave a verbal warning, put the big stick down. And the guy's like, no, I'm going to hit you with my stick and I'm going to steal your gun. So it's like, I'm going to shoot at your legs now. 
pew, pew, pew. Uh, one of those hits him in the leg. I'm assuming he shot him on purpose. The two warning shots and then the third one was like at his body. Or the cop's like, he knows I'm such a bad shot. I'll just kill three at the ground and one might hit him. He was arrested for obstruction of official duties. That tracks. Uh, this was interesting though. Uh, last week on CMIGB, I was actually sort of mentioning media awareness and how one of the things I do for Ninja News Japan is find multiple versions of the same story to try to make sure that I have my facts straight. I am not an investigative journalist. I'm essentially a commentator. Uh, I get news. I read the story and I give you sort of a summary of the news or the interesting bits. And then I give you some color commentary. That's the bit you enjoy. That's why you come back here. That's why we're friends. I know that I get that we're, we're good. Yeah. But I do want to make sure that I'm as honest and accurate as I can be. I found a different story on the, a different news story on the same story. And some of the details were significant. The first one said, big wooden stick, wooden sword. He took out and tried to fight the cops. The second one said knife and saw, which gives a very different atmosphere to the conflict. So if a guy comes at me with a big wooden sword, I am threatened, but I actually don't think my life is in danger in any real way. I think I could probably take him if I'm a tough boy. I I like to think of myself as a tough boy. Uh, A guy pulls out a knife and like a hacksaw I'm thinking, this dude's unhinged. My life is in danger. So shooting him three times in the leg, shooting him, shooting, two warning shots and shooting him once in the leg makes a lot more sense in the second version. I am looking for a third or fourth version of this story to confirm what was pulled from the rucksack that the guy attacked the police with. Because to me, that changes the story. The first one, almost whimsical in the idea that you could take a big wooden stick and fight two cops. The second one, knife and hacksaw, you are now shifted to psycho mode. And that psycho mode is such that uh, I'm not messing with you. I'm going to put three in your leg if I can, put you down on the ground and then arrest you for obstruction of business. Uh, On the other side of the police spectrum, uh, an unemployed man, took a taxi to the police station and he arrived at the police station. He says to the taxi driver, Hey, what does it cost? And the taxi driver says it costs 1,410 yen. So let's say $15. Guy says, sorry, I have no money. Let's go in and get me arrested. Clearly that was the plan from the whole time. So he had brought extra clothes for his stay in prison. So really the question is, why would he do this? Why would you get in a taxi knowing you can't pay the fare, get the taxi to take you to the police station where you will be arrested for refusing to pay the fare? Knowing that you brought extra clothes. The suspicion, no one actually has said anything yet, is that uh, he was actually wanted to get arrested so that he could get food and shelter for a while, which is a really sad state of affairs. Like that, it's funny at first because of how organized it is. But when you think the reality of the situation this guy was dealing, I actually feel a lot of sympathy for him. I feel really sad. And now I feel like maybe I shouldn't have done that story if I wanted to keep sort of the humor aspect of the podcast going. <laughs> the humor falls apart when you get into real life and you're like, oh, poor guy just wanted a place to stay and some food. Uh, this I can see being an issue with the aging population in Japan where the people who haven't prepared for retirement properly. Uh, I've heard of this story before 
So it's interesting to see how often it will actually happen. The guy was arrested. They don't actually say if they put him in jail. Here would be the saddest thing for me is if he goes up to the cops, he's like, I just took a taxi here. I didn't bring any money. I, I refuse to pay my fare. Uh, I want to get arrested. And the cops are like, I'll pay the fare for you and just let him go. Then weirdly, that is actually one of the sadder outcomes of that story is he's just left out on the street again. A 40-year-old woman was skating. So they actually called her a 40-year-old skater girl. Or maybe I wrote that down. I wrote 40-year-old skater girl. I think uh, you hit your 40s, not really tend to be referred to as girl anymore. But at the same time, you know, she's clearly got a youthful uh, joie de vivre going on. Uh, She was called noisy and she seemed to be drunk. Some guy called her noisy and she grabbed a construction cone and bonked the guy in the head. (laughs) See, when we get to non-life threatening forms of violence, I find them incredibly entertaining. I just, okay, so they don't give any details. They say guy was in the park, ladies in the park skating. She's probably drunk. She's making a lot of noise. The guy calls her noisy. She grabs a construction coin. I assume skates up behind him, just cracks him in the back of the head. But with the the plastic nature of the construction coin, I, I can't get myself. Yeah, more like that. It would make this like pop sound that I would find really funny. I used to skate when I was like 15, 16, 17, something like that. I was so serious about skating. I thought I was going to be a professional skater. I was very good. Um, I didn't have a breadth of skills, but the few things I could do, I could do really, really well. Uh, I actually thought I was going to move to California and skate for Dogtown. My hero was not as Kalpas. I should actually look up, see how he's doing. Uh, he had the highest vertical ollie in all of skateboarding at that time. It may, the record may have been broken, but that was something I could do. So I kind of idolized, this is the guy I want to be. Um, I had four of his skateboards or five of his skateboards over the course of my skateboard career. So this lady bonks a guy with a traffic cone. People call the cops. They actually said she was throwing bottles and cut someone's leg. This could be a more serious version of assault. I I think the bonking uh, might not be that bad. I think you get a good talking to. Uh, You know, you hit someone with something. I bet the police would arrest you for that. But I can't see you getting any jail time. Cutting someone with uh, broken glass, that, on the other hand, that's sort of a step up and you're getting more serious. Uh, Just in your 40s, getting drunk in the park and skating and then getting like violent with people. That's not, that's not a good way to be uh, taking on the next phase of your life. I had one more cop story. Maybe I can swap it. This was terrifying to me. This cop story, uh, a police officer was forced to confess and then to false charges. And he went to court. He sued the police station and he won $21,000. So uh, he has, they have to pay damages of 3 million yen. He was actually looking for 8.2 million yen. Uh, he, the interrogations he underwent were considered illegal. So what happened, the quote from the Mainichi, is police persistently pressed the officer to make a confession as if to make up for weak evidence. So basically they're saying, we didn't have enough evidence to prosecute him properly, so we wanted him to confess. So they just 
brought him in and for confession again and again and again. He was repeatedly interrogated almost daily between February 28th and March 8th for up seven to 10 hours a day. This is, he hasn't been arrested. He's been brought into a room and they're like, we need you to confess to this crime that you've committed. He's like, I didn't commit this crime. We're going to go for seven to 10 more hours every day until you confess. A Feb- end of February to March, so it's like a week, they were doing this seven to 10 hours a day. That's insane. Uh, a detective with the prefectural police's first investigation division coerced him into making a confession, telling him, there's no one but you who could have done it and we'll arrest you as many times as possible by delving into various charges. We've talked about this before. Police in Japan, they can arrest you and hold you for basically 20 days. So the cop knows this. And each charge means another 20 days. So let's say, uh, this, isn't, this is actually about bullets went missing in the police station. So let's say it's five bullets. That would mean they could hold him for 20 days, 20 days, 20 days, 20 days, 20 days. So 100 days. Because basically, we're going to arrest you. We're going to hold you for 20 days. Oh, that charge didn't hold. Okay, walk out. We're going to charge you again for the second bullet. We'll hold you for 20 days. And they can do that endlessly. So the cop knows this and he knows they will do it, especially with you have this um, detective standing there telling you this is what we're going to do. So we're going to force you to confess. So he ended up confessing. Uh, The court criticized police saying they drove the man into a corner by denouncing his personality and using insulting language. So they're basically really rough with him. The ruling stated that such harsh interrogations go beyond socially acceptable bounds and are illegal. It also recognized the link between interrogations and the officer's depression. So the officer suffered depression. He had to quit. He'd been accused of this crime that he said he didn't do. I mean, it's just a nightmare. This is where Japan goes from being your fun anime wonderland to literally dystopian nightmare in one step. Because one day you're out having a good time with your anime and you're, you're drinking in public and you're maybe bonking people with, with uh, traffic cones. Then, next thing you are, you're in an interrogation cell for 20 days. You got eight charges because they rack up obstruction of business. Uh, you know, a touch, you touch an officer, it's assaulting an officer, and that's also obstruction of business. That's three charges. Like, knowing the tiny, tiny bit of law I've learned from doing Ninja News Japan, I now know how to stack charges in order to hold you for the maximum amount of time. Make your life miserable. You're going to lose your job. You're probably going to lose a huge chunk of your, like, personal life. And there's nothing you can do about it. It's perfectly legal. This case shows that if you can bring it to light, the courts recognize that this is too much, but they haven't done anything to actually address the issue of trying to get cops to stop doing it. Okay, we're off cop news now. Climate change. People have argued that climate change is not real. Uh, Again, C. McBee last week, one of the clips I played was one of the, uh, it was the presidential debate. Uh, I don't know if it was CPAC or something, I don't remember. And the one dude said the climate change agenda is a hoax. Let's give you some real world data now. Tokyo had 30 degrees Celsius or more every day in August. Uh, That's a first. So they started keeping track of heat temperatures in 1875. At no point between then and this last month had they ever had a full month of 30 degrees Celsius weather. And that's not even, that's the minimum. Like every day was at least 30 degrees Celsius. Most days were more. 
Last year, they had 21 what they call hot days. This year, we had 22 extremely hot days. Extremely hot days are 35 degrees Celsius or more. Uh, I know some of my American listeners are not going to know what Celsius, so let's do Celsius Fahrenheit converter. So 30 degrees Celsius is 86 degrees Fahrenheit. 35 degrees Celsius is 95 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, that is, you know, really hot. Uh, take into account that Japan is particularly humid in the summer. It's actually the humidity that actually causes a lot of heat stroke. You sweat. I walk a 15-minute walk from my house to the train station. In that amount of time, I start to sweat and like, like literally dripping sweat. That's no exaggeration or joke. I know I'm prone to exaggeration. Dripping sweat off my body. Um, and that's not like, I'm not exerting myself. I'm not trying to get there quickly. I'm just walking. They, from July 6th to August 31st, they had 57 consecutive hot days, uh, which is terrifying and ridiculous. And I'm sorry, you can argue climate change. Oh, well, this is the natural change of stuff. No, man, this is sped up way too much for it to just be like, uh, a, a trend. There have been two stories about driving instructors in the last week. The one story is actually quite interesting. The, there's a driving school, and what they want to do is make you understand what it is to drive drunk. So they actually offer this course where you do a course. So it's like a slalom and maybe an S-turn or something like that. Uh, it's a little course you have to drive. So you drive it sober. Then you go off and have cocktails. So I think you have a beer or some shochu or something. Uh, and then you get like legit drunk. They ask you how you think you're going to do. You go back and do the course and they can like tell you, you know, what you did wrong. You went too fast. This is how your driving has changed. So you can experience it, which is really interesting. Then this story comes up, a driving instructor arrested for groping a woman during a lesson. So police in Sapporo, so that's the north part of Japan, arrested a 65-year-old driving instructor on suspicion of allegedly sexually molesting a woman in her 20s while she was taking a driving lesson. Uh, around 2.30 p.m. on August 14th, they, uh, during the lesson at the driving school's course, the instructor asked the woman to stop and then groped her upper body. Uh, the woman filed a complaint with the police the next day. The driving instructor said, he's quoted as saying, he didn't indecently touch the woman, but gave her a shoulder massage because she looked stressed. Now, this is an interesting thing for me because... I'm sure she looked stressed because she's doing a driving test and maybe she's struggling with the concept of driving. You decide to start massaging her. If it was not requested, if it was uh, not welcome, is maybe the nicest way to say it, that is sexual assault. So this guy has the problem that I think all old men have where they don't understand that you need consent. Consent isn't a th wasn't a thing when he was a kid, I think. In Japan. Consent is someone actually wants you to do something to them. So if someone looks stressed and you just walk up and start massaging them, that is sexual assault. This guy is using that, his admission of sexual assault as his excuse, which I find very entertaining because he doesn't seem to, I bet he doesn't realize he's actually just told on himself. He's just ratted himself out. Anyways, we got to be careful about driving schools. 
All right, last one for today. The Sanjo Taxi Corporation during the pandemic was struggling. Uh, and so what they do, what does any Japanese company do? This, this is, again, this shows sort of the wild variations we go through in Japanese society. You have the previous story was about uh, uh, consent and the, the, the change that you have to understand, that you have to give consent to do something. But then also in the same breadth, we're going to have what a company does to try to like revitalize its corporation. But at the same time, that, of course, the end of the story is going to go wrong. What does any Japanese company do when they're struggling? They create an idle division of called the Sakura team of all female taxi drivers and all in their 20s. And so they have them post on social media and stuff. They have them sort of create this atmosphere that if you take our taxi, you might get one of these Sakura drivers. You'll be in the presence of a woman who's young and beautiful. Um, so again, you can see the message there is different from what you would actually think from the previous story of what's okay. But I, I think this is a natural instinct for a Japanese company. So oh, we're having trouble, so let's get a, a young, attractive woman up there. That'll, that'll help. One member gained 100,000 followers and in August became the Sanjo City Hometown Tourism Ambassador. So the city that they live in is like, this woman, taxi driver, is so successful she has so many followers. Let's bring her on as the town ambassador. Everything's good. The taxi's getting good press. The lady's getting good press. The city's getting good press. The CEO makes a tweet. I guess they're now called an X. So you know, as soon as you say that phrase, this is where it went wrong. And he said how cute they are. And the problem is the picture he posted was the ambassador biting a cucumber. So a bit of sexual imagery there. But again, this is actually what they're selling. By creating the all-female taxi fleet of young, attractive women who are on social media, they are selling sex. And we know that sex sells. The CEO is just saying, isn't she attractive? Isn't she cute with all the things she does? Now it's on the internet though. So he, if they just left it alone, not done anything, the CEO hadn't made any comments, hadn't posted that picture. Maybe if the lady had posted the picture herself, there wouldn't have been an issue, but the CEO posted this picture and said how cute she was. He got blamed for sexual imagery uh, to lure male passengers. The tweet was deleted, then the account was deleted, then it was brought back with an apology, then it was deleted again, then the CEO had to quit his job and the ambassador had to quit her job. I don't know how I feel about all of that because things are going well for the lady, but she was selling. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I think I need other people's opinions so I can kind of help gather my opinion together because the CD took on this woman as the essentially cultural ambassador and everyone was okay with it. But it's not like she changed what she was selling. She probably was eating a, a, a cucumber, like a locally grown cucumber or something. I, assuming she didn't do anything sexual, I'm going to try to hunt down the picture. So when I actually post this on the internet, they'll have a picture up in the corner of the lady biting a cucumber or not. Or maybe I'll just draw one. Maybe this is where I should go. Because Ninja News Japan is not held to any actual standards, for the video, I could start drawing my version of what I think the the news story 
the image would look like. I don't have very good drawing skills, which is what would make that actually good, as in so bad it's good. Uh, but at the same time, I don't know how if I have much time to like draw pictures. I guess I drew them throughout the week and then just threw them up on the day. That might work out. Anyways, uh, if you go to Sanjo City and you take one of the Sakura taxis, you're sexist. 